Hi, and welcome to the podcast today. Um, totally not your fault when I'm sitting here waiting for you. I'm so used to you either being here or being alone. I hit record and forgot to send the invite. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you know, I'm just technology incompetent. So I, I'm also like, uh, did you send it or did I not get it? I don't know. But we figured it out. We did. Um, mm-hmm. can, can we talk about a serious thing and then we'll do some fun things? Sure. Inflation? Uh, yes, we can. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Um, I sent you the video today of, uh, of a couple of people running onto the field, um, a baseball field. They wanted, yes. to get, they wanted to get a selfie with the player. This happens more often than it should. It should, it should never happen. But um, this one stood out to me because they got the poor guy down on the ground somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I can say this with you because you can soften it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know this country loves its guns. And I know, like, there's going to be a lot of, conf- like, hypocritical thoughts here. And I know that you and I are more sympathetic to, mo- to most criminals. And, like, how did this, how did this happen? This country loves its guns. Let's use them on the people that run on the field. And we'll make an example out of them, and it won't happen anymore because I'm terrified that if people continue to do this, it, like many other things that has gotten out of hand, will escalate. And something, and we'll have a terrible, tragic situation. Maybe not actually shoot them, but let somebody pummel them so they need facial reconstruction. So long as they're rubber bullets. I'm fine with, <laughs> okay. like, rubber bullets. I'm fine with... <laughs> rubber bullets because i feel like i get i guess what you're getting at is you don't know what these people are running on the field with be it a knife or like anthrax or something like that is that what you're saying that's never that's never happened thankfully but Mm -hmm. look uh, and i do want to tie this back a little bit to another incident on sunday Mm -hmm. um I, I am ter- I'm terrified that things could escalate because what's to stop? These people are just drunk idiots and they want a picture or they want to ra- run around with their pants down or they want to outrun the, the, the frumpy, slow security right, guard. they want their moment. Yeah. yeah, and I get that. Like for them, it's like either hit them with rubber billet, bullets or like give the, and, and I guess some of these people get kicked out of the stadium for life. How you enforce that, I don't know. They put them in the drunk tank for a night. Like there's never a real serious penalty. And in a lot of cases, like in tens of millions of people see you. Um, in the same way that people on the internet, and I listening to uh, Daniel Perlman, who does uh, government and policy, um, for the Jewish Federation the other day, and he brought up a great point and illustrated it and articulated it really well. Um, we used to have lone wolves, like mm-hmm. lone wolf. And mm-hmm. now all the wolves, they still act alone, but they can communicate with one another. And I'll right, get back- they're in a pack. Yeah, at least, off, at least online. And I'll get back to that. But what's to stop something in one of those chat rooms from going, hey, there's really no punishment for running on the field. Um, how about if I... Take a, take a knife to a player's neck out there or something horrific. I wonder, though, maybe there is a punishment and we just don't know about it. Like, maybe they do, you know, see some sort of court date. Now, the punishment is not harsh enough for right. them to... Yeah, so I believe that the punishment probably isn't harsh enough to deter the behavior yet. Um, but I think, I mean... I think it's one of those things that we know happens, we've seen it happen, but it just doesn't happen enough or it's not as much of a nuisance 
So you're you're just thinking hypothetically, like what if it just gets worse? And I think for sports, you know, for sports and sports teams, that's probably not going to happen. Or likely uh, not to happen. But you can't take that risk. I mean, to be honest, school shootings don't happen that often. Mm-hmm. As, as mm-hmm. often as it is, like, in a black and white, very pragmatic way, they don't happen enough where you may, need to make kids, like, good kids go to school with clear backpacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this could be the kind of thing where those things, thank God, are, are, not, are not televised. But mm-hmm. what happens if somebody does, even if it's just like a Tigers game, there are thousands of people watching. What happens if this happens during a, a nationally televised game? Like millions of people people are, are watching. And again, I, and traumatized or whatever. So, like, and I know, I think sometimes people have run on the football field and, and gotten brutalized, but we need a, we need a, oh my God, look what they did to him kind of moment. Like where you can't recognize their face. So, like, as, again, as much as you and I are very sympathetic to, to criminals, more so than, than most people, um, I am also very draconian. <laughs> and and I, I, I would punish the hell out of some people. I don't know if the response is equal to the action, though. That's fine. That's I, fine. I, I am taking it back to, like, feudal times here. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? If if we, you know what? If we, we guillotine one person, it's horrific and archaic. But you know what? Nobody else is doing it. I don't. I feel like it would totally backfire. I mean, if there was a if there was a twenty one year old man who ran onto the field to hug, what's the soccer player that came over and now is playing in like Miami uh, or something? Lionel Messi. Yes, like say he ran over to hug Messi. And then all of a sudden he got pummeled to the face and he has to eat out of a tube for the rest of his life. Like that is not, I feel like that would backfire so badly. So oh, I don't badly. Know. I, 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 think, I think it would. And this, you know, this has cropped up a lot in the NBA recently because fans have gotten, have been able to get so close to the court. Um, and Fans are saying things and and touching players and mm-hmm. it, it some players I think have been rightly concerned that we're getting close to it, verbal lines have been crossed but we're getting close right. to, to other lines as well and we don't need another malice at the palace that's why I just want you know let yeah. one, let one person's face um, need complete reconstruction and you'll have other people thinking thinking twice about it because you know I mean th- this is kind of and the reason another reason I'm thinking about this is people throwing phones on stage um, people mm-hmm. throwing all other kinds of nonsense on stage at artists like people are too emboldened and there needs to be a real punishment so there was a video I'll have to send it to you if you care to watch it um, where Drew Barrymore was doing an interview with Renee Rapp I, I don't know who Renee Rapp is, but I've heard her name a lot. And there was a gentleman that walked up on the stage, um, not walked up on the stage, walked up to the stage, and he was kind of shouting, but Drew Barrymore was engaging him at first. It almost sounded like he was heckling. And she was like, hey, what'd you say? And she was being serious, but then he walked up, he walked close enough to her that he can be heard through their microphones. And he, <laughs> he said something like... Um, you know, you know who I am. I'm not going to leave here until I can talk with you. And you saw all the color that she had, like, leave her face. And you saw her, like, 
jaw kind of subtly drop and her Renee Rapp, who I believe she was interviewing, picked her up swiftly and walked her off. And I, I read, and obviously I don't know how true this is. I didn't do any digging. I just saw a video that stated that a known stalker of Drew Barrymore's got close to her on the stage. And she, so that was her face when she realized who it was that was walking towards her because she couldn't see it first. And so I'm like, ooh, that probably had to have been scary, but also like, and then, you know, I think Beyonce got stormed on stage at one point at one of her concerts or something like that. I mean, I, I definitely think that there should be punishments though. Like, I don't think that that should be something where people just get off, but I don't know if the punishment should be deformity. All right. <laughs> well, some of the, the, I don't think the, punish, the punishment. And when did you go down this rabbit hole? This is inter- This is an uh, interesting conversation to open with. It's It's been, um, because people are throwing things on stage and I. Yeah. Yes, they I, are. I see people running on the field videos, you know, re- regularly. I have never seen someone where a play a player has wound up on the ground, right? Be, be caught because of it. Um, and I and thing things are escalating in in a lot of ways. Um, I I have another one of my clever ideas. Like, remember how I wanted to pay people to not shoot others? I have an idea to solve this. Take. Do it. Everybody who wants to commit police brutality on the wrong people and let them run security at, at these places. Because if you run... No, that's a horrible idea. If you run onto the field, like, th- this is not where, like, you run a stop sign and something horrific happens in a, in a police encounter for some reason or, or, or whatever else. Like, you have run on to the field. This is not you stole something. This is not like uh, like petty theft. When you cross, like like players, when you get in between those lines, it's game on. Same thing if you enter that, like it's game on. And anything that happens to you, I have no sympathy for. Let me, I, I like off of the show, not on the show. I will tell you about some of the experiences back in Thomas's security days when people were acting up, and some of those security guards. They're not even some of the bouncers like you could see their face light up because yeah. they finally got an opportunity to fuck somebody up. I'll, I'll be sure to tell you those stories because some of them have ended in lawsuits and facial deformities like you're looking for. But what how about instead of that, how about we have scholarship opportunities? So if you can't pay the oodles and oodles of money that's required for a meet and greet, there's scholarship opportunities. You can apply for a scholarship and have the chance to meet so-and-so. I don't know, whoever we want, LeBron James or something like that. No. Cause yes. That's totally different. That That's like where you pay, like like Floyd did, where you pay like an exorbitant amount of money to, to meet Beyonce. These are drunk idiots that, that want like eight seconds of fame. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, I guess I don't categorize all of them as like, you know your drunken mess, folks. I think some of them. I, no, I don't know. these are these are not people who are like who we like to protect and help. Not well in the head. No, not even that. I, I feel like some of them are just Clouds. children. Y- yeah, like They're, yes, but, but you you know what? I'll lean on that you probably know better than I because you've seen it a lot more than I have. But but it does tie back to something we we talk about where people are throwing things at performers on stage, mm-hmm. um, and that that goes back to what you had with Thomas and I have 
I have seen times where people have had their faces rearranged because they fucked with the wrong person in mm-hmm. the club or they refused to leave when they were told to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how like lawsuit. I can see how lawsuits can happen, but that's another one of those things where like you were in between the light white lines and the third time they're not going to be verbal with you. The, the only, they're going to talk to you with their fist and their feet. Yes. Yeah. It'll be, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, yeah, with that, I thought what Daniel said the other day was, was quite eye opening and, uh, these serious issues with shootings and and whatnot, Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't even considered, I mean, I thought about it, but not with with Daniel saying it, it really, it really sunk in because I think we've talked about before, like the lone wolf, they're nearly impossible to stop. Um, yeah. They don't. They, they don't act in groups. They don't get together like what we had out at at, at Love Fest. Um, mm-hmm. They're in dark web spots, and That's right. they encourage one another. Like you saw the Robert Pattinson Batman movie, right? Mm-hmm. The end. The end of it. The whole Riddler ripoffs um, was depictions of of that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I didn't. It, it was very stark and, and poignant to me. Like, how do you? We couldn't stop a lot of these people before. Um, and I know there are all kinds of like uh, cyber intelligence and the CIA ha- has this technology to follow people. Mm-hmm. But even if you can do that, just the fact that you can encourage and enable others so easily to commit such mm-hmm. horrible acts, um, it, it's, it's scary. And I, and I think like we've talked about before, in a lot of ways, we should be thankful this doesn't happen more often in a scary way. We don't even know how many of these things have been thwarted. Um, by... I think that I think pe- people need to be more careful with their words as well. Like, I, I mean, I'm not, I have no plans on going the political route, but I think that we've seen examples of where you can incite certain behaviors from people based on the words, the language that you're using. And you are, you, you know what I mean? And most of the time you're well aware that the language that you're using is more manipulative than it is factual. So you never know who is going to take something that you say and then do and behave in whatever way they'd like to, you know? Yeah. Because it, and what these people do is I'll be super careful here. Um mm-hmm. it's indefensible mm-hmm. but preventable. Mm-hmm. Because and here's where some of my my I can speak out of both sides of my brain here. I believe that people are born selfish. Um, that's human nature. You do whatever you possibly can to stay alive. And and that can bring some, some really sinister behavior. Um, if you don't believe me, look at The Walking Dead. Most of those groups that came upon another group wound up killing them, not working with them. Right. Um, and the, these people that do these awful things that make our jaws drop, and in some cases we're numb to because they happen so goddamn often, completely preventable. As much mm-hmm. as people are born evil and selfish, they learn that from somebody. Um, yeah. And, and they, they learn it or, or they have, like I have and others, um, some genetic predisposition, terrible family structure. Um, it's, all, it's all learned, and unfortunately it winds up being like that. So... In many ways, indefensible, but entirely preventable. We're somehow been on the receiving end or, you know what I mean, in some position where 
you know, there's a intentional or unintentional vow to not have to do that again. Like I think about some people in my life that I know of where, you know, they've come from poverty or they've come from really unfortunate beginnings or really challenging beginnings. And so now that they've established themselves out of that, it's like, it reminds me of the meme of Dave Chappelle where he's on the couch holding all of his money and doesn't want to give anything to anybody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nope, this is me. I don't, don't even come over here. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where like, it's a learned behavior. Like selfishness is a learned behavior in some ways, either from traumatic experiences or, you know, from survival. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because the person that you just you just talked about, the people that have come from nothing or mm-hmm. trauma to accomplish things that nobody ever would have guessed, it's like it could be a, a thousand or five thousand of those people to the one that did this thing the other day in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. But we don't see all those five thousand, and and they have helped so many people that we'll never be able to count. But it just mm. takes one person who doesn't like black people. Um, because of whatever their their fear was, whatever cockamamie idea that was implanted into their broken brain, they felt the need to go kill black people. Um, yeah. And that one person takes up so much of your brain capacity as opposed to the 5,000 who are, are phenomenal stories and we wish we could share every one so every kid or whoever that's brought up with that can know that they have a real chance. Right. Yeah. You know, I was talking with somebody today. We were talk we were it was a, a lot more of a positive conversation. Somebody had given, you know, there's people in my life that have been super influential to where I am now in ways that I'm like, I don't know if I can ever repay you for that. And so my version of repaying someone, say someone like you, Eric, for like what we've done together opportunities that I've had because of my relationship with you, like the only way I can pay you back is by doing that for another person or for like 10 other people, (laughs) like taking it and multiplying it. And I was actually having a conversation because there's a person that has been influential in my life that got some feedback about me. And, you know, I said to them and they said, you know, they said, good for you for doing this for someone else. And I was like, it's really the only way I can pay you back. If I'm being quite honest, I don't even know if I can ever. So let me like, um, invest in other people. Let me pay it forward times 10. Like, let me, um, do that for another person so that I can, you know, instead of being selfish and keeping it all for myself or keeping what I've learned for myself, I can give it to somebody in some other way. And that's what happens. Um, and through this, this domino effect of yours and others, there have probably been some awful people prevent, Mm -hmm. prevented from being born. Mm -hmm. Um, they could have gone the wrong route, but it's, what did they say? Like you can't prove a negative Mm -hmm. in this case, you can't prove a positive because the bad never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's uh, let's keep it in the same realm, talking about, um, sadly, murder. Oh. What's the latest way your house has tried to kill you? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, gosh. So we talked about the, the weather that we have had. First of all, it shocked me that we've had 20 tornadoes in our area, like in our northwest Ohio, like southeast Michigan viewing area. 20 tornadoes like I think tripling our record or something like that that's wild um I don't know I think 
We mowed the lawn this weekend, and that requires us to get really close to the road when people are flying up and down the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, in fact, didn't get as close as we probably should have. So we need a weed whacker that can, you know, that can extend out to that <laughs> to that point. <laughs> Tell the Thomas can't mow a lawn story. Oh, my poor husband. So I am actively working. I love my mother um, and I love the people in my life, but I have learned that I have some habits of criticism that I wish I didn't have. And so I am try. I am actively trying like literally in, in the moment when I'm finding myself about to criticize or about to challenge and I feel like I've learned or kind of developed that habit in some ways from low self-esteem or whatever, or my need to show everybody that I know what I'm doing. And so um, we got a lawnmower this weekend. Well, we got one that did not work. And so sadly we had to go purchase one, which we really did not want to do, but we didn't have a choice and we knew we needed it in, in general. So we went and got a lawnmower and I am finding that Thomas is like, I'm struggling with Thomas wanting to fall into the stereotypical man role. So anything man related, like, you know, like there's a husband and a wife and anything related to what husbands are supposed to do, Thomas is like on it. And I'm not used to that because I can do a lot of shit like on my own or I don't necessarily feel like we have to subscribe to that. So like when we went, he's at Home Depot He's at Menards. He's got this lawnmower and he's like, it's fine. I can do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm like, okay, fine. So Thomas wanted to mow the lawn. Like I didn't get to fire it up and get out there and like play with the new lawnmower that we got. Thomas was doing it and I needed to know that. (laughs) But I learned that he had never mowed a lawn before. And I did not know that until after he started mowing it like it was a vacuum. <laughs> like, it, you know how you take a vacuum and you kind of push it front and back, front and back, and you're moving it all around the room and you're pushing it front and back, front and back. That's what he was doing with the lawnmower. And I was like, "Hun, okay, uh, turn it off. <laughs> so there was two things. The blade was way too low. So the first few strokes that he made or passes, the grass was like bald, like it was way too low. And so I said, hon, you got to move the blade up. And he didn't even know you could do that. Or I got, I said, you got to adjust the tires like the, you know, he didn't even know you could do that. So he figured that out. And luckily he's receiving all of this from me. It's not like he's not responding and he's like, I can do it, which would absolutely be me. I would be the one like, listen, I don't need you to tell me anything. I can figure this out on my own. He's being so sweet. So then I said, and further, It's not a vacuum. So you have to walk all the way down, turn around, come all the way back. I mean, you really get to decide where you like what your lines are going to be and how you want to do this. But the general practice and he's like, oh, I didn't know that. But I caught myself about to criticize and make fun of him first because that is the icy, rigid way that I grew up. You make fun of it, you laugh about it, you laugh at them, and then you show them. (laughs) Like, not for my mom, for what it's worth. But, um, so when he says, yeah, I've never mowed a lawn before, 35 years old, I've never mowed a lawn before. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let me tell you. And he let me tell him and show him for a minute. And then I gave it back to him. And then the next thing you know, he's out there for like two hours perfecting his lawn it was the cutest thing it was adorable so do you think he he made it his thing and he's going to enjoy it now 
I think it, I asked him, I think like the next day, I said, how did you like it? And he goes, it seemed, it was like therapeutic. I liked it a lot. Um, and you find him just kind of outside, like working on stuff. And so it was really nice to see. And then, um, last week our dining table came in and we had never had a dining table. So in us living together in our apartments, you know, we had a breakfast bar, so we never had a dining table. And it was, it was the little things like it was so strange sitting at our dining table, eating a, our dinner in our home together. And we're not at somebody else's house eating at their table. We're eating at ours. Like PD, like found his space right at my feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was just kind of like, wow, look at us like eating at a dining table. We've never done that before. Um, it was kind of cool. Step by step. Yeah, literally. I, I would have, uh, I would have liked to seen a video of him using a lawnmower like a vacuum. Because <laughs> I'm visualizing that and I'm, I'm wondering like, you hold the cord with your other hand, right? No, it's a gas lawnmower. No, 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 no. When, oh, yeah. when you vacuum, you hold the, the cord with your other hand so it doesn't get under the vacuum, right? Not really. I just let it do what it does and vacuum oh. over it. Okay. <laughs> I, I hold I hold the cord, but I, I'm, yeah. visu- I'm visualizing Thomas doing that. And yeah, too funny. It was it was so funny. And it, it was, I had to pat myself on the back because I could feel it boiling in my, I could feel it boiling up and about to come out of my mouth. Like, what are you doing? And I just didn't, I just stopped. And I was like, hey, like lawnmowers and vacuums are different. (laughs) And I, you know, and he picked up on it right away and he was like, no, I didn't know that. And then he didn't really see the value in a weed whacker or like a, he's calling it an edger. Yeah. There's edgers and weed whackers. Uh, Um, I mean, aren't they kind of interchangeable? Uh, I don't think so, but you know, so now we're back and forth about which one we're going to get because the grass up to our fence is still kind of tall, like just at the fence though. I can't knock him because the concepts are similar with vacuum and lawnmower. Sure. (laughs) Well, yeah, yes, they are. Yes, they, yes. Um, I don't want to go much further and you can answer now or or we can do this in 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 another episode. What is the most challenging roundabout in the area? Probably the Door Street roundabouts, like the three of them. Oh, because it's like a loop-de-loop? Well, there's like three roundabouts. So you hit one, then another, then... Well, there's really four. Is there four? I think it's three. Are you sure? I'm not. it's four. I'm not. But no, no, you're right, because... I've only used that once, and yeah, it's like you're on a mini dragway. Like, you feel like you should be in a miniature car, like, six inches off the ground. Yeah, like, say you're getting off of the highway at Door Street on the, you know, as if you were going towards Michigan, but you get off the highway, and then you want to go up Door Street towards McCord. You're hitting literally four roundabouts, and there's always cars coming, so there's never... Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so I would say that one, but we don't have any like multi-lane roundabouts like they do in other states. The one I would throw out, and I grant I have not been to every roundabout, but I, I this is a high level of difficulty, especially when I'm using it in the uh, early morning. The one 
in between Walmart and Springfield High School on McCord. Oh, yes. Yep. Sim- simply because, like, during school hours, mm-hmm. like, one of those lanes is right into the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and Walmart can be busy, too. So I, I, I would go with that one, but I'd be willing to hear others because I just saw that there's another roundabout coming um, to, to ma- somewhere in Maumee, So You know what I struggle with, too, and maybe because my car is older, like, the point is for you not to have to stop. It's for you right. to just kind of yield. But ev- there's so many cars coming that you're really just stopping. And then at some point, you've got to smash the gas because it's like you have that little window where you can go, but the other car is literally coming right at you, you know, so that's always frustrating because you're really stopped, even though you should be yielding, but the flow of traffic is so heavy that you don't really have a choice. Sterling Heights has a roundabout, I think it's Sterling Heights, they have like a three to, I think it's a four car roundabout, like a four lane roundabout. And I'm like, when would one ever be in the furthest lane? Because there's only like four stops, but there's like four lanes. So how does that work? And that was the only one where I legitimately got like almost in a car accident and caused other people's road rage to be directed at me. And so now I just never go that way. I just avoid it at all costs. I've been in one of those before. You made me think of one uh, back back home near near Allentown. Um, Again, more draconian rules from me. Older people have to take the driving test all over again. And I would, maybe if you get your, uh, Mm -hmm. every time you get your license updated, you've got to check a box that, uh, that says something about roundabouts. And randomly, if like you say you hate them, you might get selected to go take your driving test with a roundabout all over again. Wouldn't it be funny if, um, if they add roundabouts to the driving test, to the they, driving exam. They should. Now, granted, it's older people that hate them, and you're talking about, like, 16-year-olds. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, because they are something modern, and they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, like, the merge process of it. Um, people don't merge correctly now, like the zipper method, whether it's a busy highway or not. And now you're asking <sighs> people to... Now you're asking people to do like a miniature version of that. Like you literally have to work in tandem. I just um, I I just want to see somebody do like a feature on merging onto our area highways. Like when you're merging on and when you're already on the highway in a merging lane. Like don't speed up. Like you know what I mean? If there's not enough space, you slow down a little bit. Like right. you got to measure it correctly. You're either going to slow down to let them in or you're going to speed up because you have enough time in space. Yep. Or switch lanes so that yep. they can merge. Um, all right. We are done. A lovely episode. Always good to catch up. I'm sorry I forgot to send the invite. Uh, that's okay. You know, we figured it out. We got it done in the end. Can you... Um, oh, yeah. Mm. Well, I always hang mm. up when I say bye-bye. Okay, say bye-bye. Bye-bye.